Hey, this is the guys from the Humedahex podcast. Hey we, there. We want to jump in real quick and talk about the effects of COVID-19. Um, comic book stores are really suffering right now. And all joking aside, if you are interested in comics or you already have a comic book supplier, contact them, increase your pull list, or do something. Because right now they're having so much trouble getting comic books in. If you've been holding off on buying that graphic novel, now is a great time to do it because if we lose our comic book stores, we lose part of our culture. You yeah. know, most of our conversations are about comic books and comic book culture, movies stemming from comic books. Look for those back issues you're missing, those uh, pivotal issues, uh, the rare issues. Uh, call them up, see what they can order for you. They need your support more than ever right now. If you want recommendations and you don't currently read comic books, get a hold of us on our Discord. We always have a link to our Discord in our description. We have a comic books thread on our Discord. Or ask us on Twitter at Media Theseus. Um, we will give you recommendations. Somebody will always respond to everything you post on either of our, any of our social medias. You will always get a response. So remember, support your local comic shops right now. Remember, most of those guys aren't the comic book guy from The Simpsons. They actually welcome you into their shops. <clears throat> and we're not talking... These people are just selling the paperbacks. They're not... They don't have Disney, Marvel, or DC money. Go. So look for those... Uh, the collectibles, the, the statues. Uh, look for collections. Look for uh, trades, hardcovers. Comic book stores sell board games. If we're talking about that stuff, they have board games too. There's plenty of stuff in there. Stuff for everyone. Magic the Gathering cards. So support your local comic shop. Hey there. I'm Peter. I want to talk to you today about the Turns Podcast. And I'm Jacob. And I will also be talking to you about Turns Podcast. So in Turns Podcast, we take turns being the host. Each week, one of us will start off, and then we'll take a break, and then come back, and then somebody else will take over. We just like to bring discussions to the table, um, bring di something different, and just see if we can spark a conversation around those different topics. So each week we're going to be talking about something completely different. I might be talking about movies. I might be talking about guns. Magic the Gathering. Shoes. Dogs. Clouds. Worms. Uh, lights in the sky. Fishies. Carpet. UFOs. Um, cop car sirens. Toilet paper. I don't know if I want to talk about toilet paper. It's fine. It's shit tickets. Uh, I I can't think of anything else. Oh, don't worry. All you have to do is subscribe so you can hear more from us. <laughs> we'll be releasing a new episode every Tuesday, so please join us. Welcome to Humanahex Podcast. I'm Peter. I'm Frank. I'm still Corey. So if you're still listening, I guess this is still Humanahex. Yeah. You've uh, been bouncing around a little bit yeah, still, Corey. yeah. Um, so this week, our weekly recap is uh, Frank's going to maybe eat some dip, Corey's going to talk about cock, and we're all going to get a little timey-wimey this week. So who is this dip? I don't think dip is a person. Okay. It's uh Bacon horseradish dip. dip. Very good with Fritos. Um, so my, uh, my media for this week is video games, because... Other than continuing to watch Simpsons, because that is an incredibly long show. 
and the occasional Star Wars. Having seen every episode, I still am watching The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, the Canyon Arrow episode was on today. Oh, Canyon Arrow. Two lanes wide, American pride. Still good. Everybody talks about the early stuff. I think I'm eight seasons in, and it's still really good. But, uh, video games. I, too, play video games. We have been playing Sword and Shield together. Yes. I broke the 200-hour mark. I don't think I'm anywhere close. Yeah, I broke the 200-hour mark this week. I have hatched 850 Goomies to count. I still do not have my shiny. I have the shiny charm, and I'm doing the Masuda, and I still don't have a shiny. But I've also been playing Lego Marvel Superheroes on the Xbox, because I have a big back catalog of video games. So when I want to play something non-violent, I just dig into a Lego game. Ah, because them exploding into pieces isn't as violent as them. It's toy violence. <laughs> So, this is a unique storyline. It features the X-Men and the Avengers. The Silver Surfer has come to prepare Earth for Galactus, but as he was coming to Earth, his silver surfboard blew into pieces, and they are harvesting the pieces of the board into cosmic bricks to make a cosmic doom laser. Loki, Doctor Doom... And Magneto are all working together in this story. A little convoluted. Yes. And at the very, very end of it, the entire Guardians of the Galaxy make an appearance. So, if you've ever played a Lego game, they're very childish and amusing. And there's lots of pranks and jokes and very serious situations. At one point, Magneto animates the Statue of Liberty... And the Statue of Liberty then goes over and pulls a power core out of a nuclear plant and brings it all the way to Asteroid M, which is currently resting in the middle of the uh, the dinosaur land. I can't remember. Savage Land. Yeah. Yes. So for a small game, relatively small game, they touched on a lot of sources. I'm currently going through and cleaning out the extra collectibles like you can unlock a whole bunch of characters by doing special things right like i unlocked red hulk by beating the hell out of red hulk with green hulk you could use other big characters every character has little powers and some characters have the same powers as long as it has a spider-man i'm good there are five spider-man there you go uh you can be peter parker without any spider suit at all there's also five I've got five Tony Starks, and there's more that I haven't unlocked yet. Wow. <laughs> Mark 1, Mark 6, Mark 43, and the suitcase suit from the movie. Right. The uh, red and silver one. Yes. And then Tony Stark without pants on. Oh. Is an option. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, Lego games, they're enjoyable. I enjoy them very much. They're good for childish fun. But, yeah, moving on. I've done basically nothing this week. Pokemon and Futurama, that's been about it. Nothing wrong with that. We just had a community day. Right. I worked that, so I wasn't doing that. But Oh, well. Frank got shiny rhinos from his bathroom at work. (laughs) Not a bad pool. You know, I just thought of it. Frank got something fantastic and brown from his bathroom. (laughs) I always do. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, and uh, <laughs> spacing out here a little bit. Now, for me, uh, media has been... I've been still watching the Swamp Thing on the DCU. A great service. Only three ninety nine a month. Download now. Tell them I sent you. Still that's, watching... That's Sw- Corey with a C. Right. Tag Humetahex and get an extra... Nothing, really. I don't... They're not doing anything with us. So send them messages. Tell them. That's what we need to do. We need to, ter- to Twitter blast... DCU app about our podcast and That's say right. we are constantly promoting your podcast. Give us your service for free. Yes, yes. Right. Well, speaking of free service, I didn't know that I've had Hulu for free for like two years now. How'd you get Hulu for free for two With years? With my cell phone. I've had it for free for two years and just found out. Cool, so you can watch <laughs> the only good show on Hulu now. Legion. Oh, no. Uh, I was going to say the one about the ladies... There's several. It's got the girl from uh, Mad Men in it. I've never watched it. Yeah, I know it stars Magneto, but I've never watched it. It doesn't star Magneto. It stars... Uh, John Hamm? Yeah. yeah. He was Magneto? Wasn't he? No. I didn't think so. Who is Magneto in Made Men? Mad Men? Mad Men. It could have been his boss. Doesn't he play in it? He's in it. We're we're referencing the Google. It could have been Sterling. Sterling could have potentially been a Magneto, but he wasn't by any means the original one. He had to have been from first class. Right. Oh, speaking of Magneto, Disney has So Michael Fassbender, Ian yes. McClellan. Michael Fassbender. Uh, Disney announced their fourth and fifth phases, and their fifth phase is going to involve X-Men. I've heard. And they are not, they are going to have Captain Marvel with a, air quotes inserted here, mutant enemy. So are we going to get the rogue storyline? That's a possibility. She does steal Carol Denver's powers. And then are we going to go from this into X-Men versus Avengers the same way we went into Endgame? Because if I, X-Men versus Avengers was a huge thing. There were uh, several uh, X-Men Avengers crossovers, even the uh, Fatal Attraction storyline. What was the other one? Uh, You're the comic guru. With Exodus and Asteroid M, uh, the Acolytes of Magneto. The, ma- the Metal Men? No, they were Acolytes. Okay. They uh, stole... Crystal and Quicksilver's baby? Yeah. This is beyond my realm. I don't even know who Crystal is. Crystal is an inhuman, an ally of the Avengers. Quicksilver, of course. A it's Quicksilver. Son of Magneto. Banger of sister. Yes. Well, that's in the Ultimates. but <laughs> Strongly implied, never mentioned, for sure. But How, They kind of implied it a little bit in the movie, too. The second Avengers movie. There, there were some Just references. overly protective. Yeah, there were references. I don't know, but I was excited to know uh, that they are bringing it in, and Deadpool is part of the MCU. He is going yes. to be involved in the fifth phase. They are not going to go into uh, Magneto storyline immediately, they said. They feel that it's already been overplayed. They did a lot with Magneto, especially in uh, Apocalypse. Yeah. They show a lot more of his backstory and then his 
personal life as he's trying to distance himself from mutants, his wife and daughter being killed. So I feel like we're going to get into X-Men versus Avengers, and then eventually I think they're going to pull out the Dark Phoenix storyline and wrap the Guardians of the Galaxy into that. Now see, they've done Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Done it dirty. Yeah, I heard it was awful. I mean, they... I would really like to see Marvel doing it closer to the original story, and the animated series did it okay. Eh, Dark Phoenix wasn't totally bad. X-Men 3, when they did the Dark Phoenix storyline, was eh. But I would like to see Marvel do it their way, because they're not afraid to do it comic book way with, you know, modern sensibilities. I think a lot of them said, you know, like, okay, well, we'll sort of do the story, but we won't really do the story because, you know, they're going to go out in space, destroy the planet of asparagus people, and I think a Marvel movie audience would would get this more than a Fox X-Men audience because Fox wouldn't take the chance. I think Fox was more worried about making a blockbuster than making a story because they're trying to milk the franchise for as much as they can before Disney and Marvel ultimately pull their characters back in. X-Men 3 had a lot going on in it. You talked about that for a second. Yeah. There was... It had The Cure, it had Dark Phoenix. Yeah. The, Sen- the Sentinels. Mm-hmm. Jamie Madrox. Wasted character in that movie. Right. When they made The Cure, I wasn't Caleb involved heavily in that storyline in the comics? I do not remember. He can track mutants. He's right. a tracker. Right. That's Caliban, wasn't it? Yeah. That's who I'm thinking of, too. That is. But he ended up getting the cure. Because the cure turned into the legacy virus. It turned into a virus. I right. I thought it was a like well, That yeah. techno-organic virus, then, that Cable gets, and they have to send him into the future. Right. But meanwhile, back in the normal timeline... Uh, a whole bunch of mutants got killed off because that's how Psylocke died. Right. And I don't think they ever revived Psylocke till they rebooted X-Men. I know she's back now and she's still in Quanon? 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 The uh, Japanese assassin woman? Yeah. She's still in her body and not in Betsy Braddock's body. Oh, good. So X-Men are still weird. Yeah. But anyway, you were telling me about Swamp Thing. Great episode, The Darkness. Uh, If you like hallucinations and hands shoved into garbage disposals, this is the episode for you. I'm not real sure how much uh, this is following the comic books. Like I've said, I've never read any of the comic books. I don't remember garbage disposals as part of the plots, but who knows? It wasn't in the New 52. And I know they were in the Swamp Think was more of the uh, <coughs> horror line of DC, but man, this show is dark. Good stuff, though. Did you, you knew about it, but did you ever actually get a chance to watch it? No, not yet. They've got uh, ten episodes out. I'm at six. Like I said, I don't know if these villains that they're showing each episode are major villains from the Swamp Man series. There were a couple of different Swamp Man storylines. Like, I know that... First off, I know Frank knows a lot more about Swamp Man than I do. Um, but 
I know that in the New 52, he was an agent of the Council of Trees. And he Parliament went, or Council? The Parliament. Okay. And he went to where he was needed to be at. But if I remember correctly, wasn't he also like an agent who would travel kind of like Bruce Banner, the Hulk, early TV show style too at one point in the comics? See, then I don't know. I don't know. I don't think ever... that I, that might have been before Alan Moore took over because Alan Moore made it more mythical with the green and the Parliament of Trees and previous Swamp Things and all that stuff. And wasn't there a show? Another there movie. was a movie. There were two movies. Swamp Thing and Return of Swamp Thing. Okay. Return of Swamp Thing had Heather Locklear, which makes it an instant classic. The only qualifying... Is Heather Locklear. Okay. Right? Yeah. Anybody who's had sex with a member of Motley Crue, any movie that they're in, instant classic. So Heather Locklear's movie credits is the penis that she's had. Correct. Okay. I'm glad we got that clarified. I think it's uh, true of Pamela Anderson as well. Barbed Wire. You've never seen Barbed Wire. Great comic book movie. I'm sorry, sorry but Pamela I haven't Anderson. seen this. <laughs> now, and I use the term great loosely. Like Pamela Anderson. Like Pamela Anderson, yes. But uh, her and Tommy Lee, so that makes Barbed Wire an instant classic. There's one last thing I want to do before we end this segment and move on to our timey wimey wimey uh have you either of you seen the movie sin city yes no that was a given (laughs) (laughs) um i recently met somebody who saw it and hated it and ripped it apart for everything that it was i enjoyed the original sin city i thought the second one was a huge misstep yes the first one was good so what's your opinion on it since you've also seen it the, uh, largely the same. The uh, second one I could, you know, take or leave. But the first one, uh, great movie. Harv is a compelling character. Um, the Preacher's Son, played by Elijah Wood. Uh, horrifying character. Uh, the girls in the inner, inner city protecting their part of town. Um, I can't think of anything wrong with that movie. No, it was a good movie, but when you said Preacher's Son, I also thought of uh, that movie on a- that show on AMC that was based off the comic book. Oh, Preacher. Yeah. Yeah, another good show. I've not watched the entire series. Frank, you look like you have something to say. I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the entirety of the first season. I didn't see anything after that because I dropped cable. I don't think it's on Netflix. It may be, be on Hulu. It might be. Um, Because I already have Hulu. I've known that I've had Hulu. I've just discovered. Shame. There's there's like three or four shows on it that I would actually watch, though, too. It's driving me crazy. I can't remember what the name of that show is with the lady from Mad Men. You got me off subject on that one. It's, uh, It's about women who are property. They are owned by men. And they are used for breeding. Yeah. And then they up, they rise up. Yeah, I'm not, uh... Oh. It's gonna drive me crazy. I'm not savvy. This is what Google is for. But Cloak and Dagger is one that I've wanted to see. 
I didn't realize a Cloak, Marvel property. Yeah, I didn't realize Cloak and Dagger because that ties into the movie universe. That's MCU relevant, right? And it actually ties in with the rest of the shows, but it wasn't on Netflix. It's on Hulu. I don't know why. Like, I can go to any comic book store and buy a comic book from any comic book company. But to see their shows, I have to have five or six different streaming services. Handmaid's Tale is the name of that show. Yes. And there's also, while you're on there, there's also Shrill, which is with Amy Bryant, who is the woman from Saturday Night Live. She's hilarious. I see, and I've wanted to check out Gifted. Because that's an X-Men property. And I may be wrong, but Orville is moving from Fox to Hulu for their next season? Yes, I heard that. And Firefly still lives on Hulu. In its top ten episodes form. Oh, I don't, not even. I have the entire series on DVD, but of course the entire series is one season. Who? Uh, Josh Whedon. Right has said repeatedly that he is never going to revisit that universe. It's that, a loss. That's something you've seen, right? You've oh, seen yeah. Firefly? Because wasn't... I have not. I have not seen Firefly. It is on my to-watch list. I've heard nothing... I've heard it's basically a spaghetti western in space. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, it's full of drama. The characters' developments are fantastic. When the show ended, like it left a lot of questions open. They wrapped some of the stuff up in the movie Serenity. Correct. But Serenity was awful? It wasn't awful, real bad awful, um, but you can tell he kind of wanted to end certain things. You got a couple of the uh, the plots got their ending. Um, half the cast lost, you lost about a third of the cast, but... Uh, Killed them off? Yes. It yeah. was something of a... Uh... Slaughter. Right. Spoiler but, uh... alert. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> but we won't tell you which everything. ones. Yeah. We've developed all these storylines mm-hmm. throughout an entire season. Let's wrap them all up in two hours. Yeah. Oh. So I, it was like uh, that show that I complained about a couple weeks ago, uh, The Ranch. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't wrap everything up, but two of the main plots he would have gone into, they did wrap up. Right. It was mostly the passenger plots that they wrapped up. So the preacher, doctor, and the sister, they wrapped those up more or less. So. Right. It's a shame that he won't revisit it because there's huge fanfare around it, but at this point, would it even be worth revisiting? The uh, comic book series has gone on past Serenity, uh, and for what they're worth, they they sell well. Well, Star Trek comics still sell well. True. Yeah. No, that, it's, a, it's a good series. It'd be a shame not to revisit it. I'm waiting for the first season of Picard to end so that way I can get my free trial of CBS Go and then binge watch the first <laughs> season of Picard. This is the way. Yes. You've seen the previews for Picard, haven't you? You are a fan of The Next Generation, aren't you? Uh, more or less. I probably wouldn't watch Picard because Patrick Stewart wasn't, like, you know, the main focus of it for me, but... Well, the main focus of Picard is... Him, him letting data, data die in the final movie has been eating at him for the rest of his life. Hmm. And the Federation has fallen into cor- some kind of corruption or something. And he's... The little bit that I've seen from the trailers, it looks like he's going crazy. Because hmm. he's literally seeing data and having conversations with data and holodecks and stuff. So the point of it is to revive data. 
to find his body and recover his chip. Right, I guess. And it's also very heavily Borg-related. I don't know if this is spoilers. This is just stuff I'm reading. They took a cue from the Kelvin universe. Uh, the Romulus, Romulan star exploded. The Federation was going to send ships to help, but there was a mutiny of some sort at the Utopia Planitia where they made the starships. I guess one of the short treks had something about that. And so they didn't have the ships to send. So that's another thing that was getting at Picard. One of the rumors is that the Romulans actually end up creating the Borg because they're experimenting or something on a Borg cube. So there's all sorts of stuff going around with the Romulans, the Borg, Picard, Data. That's fascinating. So Anything involving the Borg is fantastic to me. And Jerry Ryan. I could take or leave Seven of Nine. Seven of Nine of the third adjunct to the... Borg Collective. Yeah. But that's just, you know, I've been been reading some of the episode review type things, and I mean, who knows? Maybe seeing all of them at once would be interesting, but like I said, Picard was never one of my things for Next Generation. I thought that Next Generation was just, let's play it all safe and have a happy ending, and no one gets, no one fights each other, you know, it's the, the Roddenberry, let's all gather around the campfire and sing Kumbaya. You know, the the cast and crew, all, everyone got together and there was little conflict between them. I loved the second season when the new Doctor came in because there was a little friction between everyone. You know, it wasn't the same all, we're all getting together and happy. You know, she she had a little conflict to the cast, which was nice. Uh, that was uh, Beverly. No. Beverly Crusher? No, she was, the, she was in season one and then three through seven. This was um, Pulaski, Dr. Pulaski. Okay. I always liked the Picard-Beverly-Crusher dynamic. And the awkwardness around Will. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. How did you feel about Riker and him getting his own ship? Sure. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's television. You know, you, you have your ensemble cast and, you know, they can't grow. At least when, you know, the series ends or they take it into other media, they can at least let these characters grow and do what yeah. they, they should. Like Like the one episode... The Borg intro episode, he's offered a ship, and he doesn't want to take it because, you know, well, first of all, he's an actor on the show, so they're not going to get rid of him for that. But, you know, he's saying he feels um, not happy, but um, content there. You know, he doesn't feel like he needs to have his own ship, you know, which is, you know, short for, you know, you're the second banana in this show, so we're not going to, you know, do that. We're just going to make the offer. And, of course, that's one of the ships that gets blown apart by the Borg. So, Right. Well, he is the Zap Brannigan of the Star Trek universe. The few times that Riker got control of the Enterprise-D, it was a genuine flash to the original Star Trek, in my opinion. Because Riker had no problem throwing out missiles. <laughs> Picard was always, let's talk about this. And while I'm talking to you guys about this, why don't you go ahead and beam on their ship and... You know, kill everybody. Yeah, and Riker's just like blow them up. <laughs> but to your point, I always felt that Next Generation kind of had a rotating cast because William Crusher came in and out of it. I don't remember her character, but uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, she came in and out of it. The, the yeah, but they they weren't really like primary cast though. They were just auxiliary cast. I mean. Right. Will Wheaton just left the show basically, what, mid fourth or mid fifth season, or after that season. You know, they actually expanded on it. You know, he's going to the academy, and then when he did whatever he did to screw up, 
you know, then he came back for a bit, but... Mm -hmm. And then I remember when they killed off, uh, was it Tasha Yar? Yeah. That was a big, well, big stink. she felt that she wasn't getting enough to do, which was rightly so. There was nine cast members at that point, nine main cast members, and she was just, you know, she had the Uhura Syndrome. You know, she was tired of just saying, hailing frequencies open, Captain. <laughs> so they gave her a big action episode as her send-off, and if they would have done that occasionally... I mean, it was granted yeah, she it was... was the security officer. Right, so but she... they didn't really have, have her do much of anything in that respect, yeah. but... Um, Not a whole lot of people breaking into your starship yeah. while you're in the middle of a vacuum of space. I mean, the episodes, like, like any television show, you've got... You know, four or five of your main cast who get most of the storylines. Your secondary main cast gets maybe one show, one show out of a season. You know, it's like it's evolved since the original Star Trek, which was just Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, and occasionally one of those other ones would be on the landing party. <laughs> but they didn't get an episode to themselves. Sometimes like, Sulu would take his shirt off and sword fight. Yeah, but I mean, you did get <gasps> triples. <laughs> Um, I'll use Deep Space Nine as an example because every season, you know, as opposed to the main characters having two or three shows each, you got an O'Brien show, you got a Quark show, at least one a season. Whereas, you know, you might have gotten, you know, three or four Cisco heavy, you know, one or you know, three or four Norris shows, you know, Jadzia got a show. You know, when Worf came on, he got at least three or four shows centering on Klingons per season. So, I mean, it's... It's the limitations of television and your actors and what you've got to do. I think they had to throw Worf in there because Worf was DS9's lifeline. Like, Dagzia was a good character, yeah. but... I'm I'm trying to remember... The, hey, folks, remember, this is still Star Trek. I'm trying to remember the main reasoning why they brought him in as an actor and not as the character. I mean, the character was he ended up being a liaison between the Klingons and the Federation because of the... Dominion, um, but I'm trying to remember what the the reasoning was to bring him on specifically, and offhand I can't. Again, it brought more storylines in. You know, that's just how TV works. Yeah, when you break it down like that, it's almost unfortunate because I'm thinking mm -hmm. about it and like they really underplayed Worf and Next Generation compared to mm -hmm. the character that I remember him as now. Right, right. Like there are, I'm getting. At some point, I'm going to gear up and I'm going to rewatch all of Star Trek. But the, and few... the next generation is available on Hulu. So, um, Star Trek, Next Generation, DS Nine, not what Voyager. Those four are all available on Netflix in their entirety. Nice. Voyager, I did watch in its entirety. That that is one series that I saw from beginning to end. Well, yeah, Seven of Nine. You've mentioned right. That. Yeah, she had the. The, the little prosthetic around her eye and right. all you wanted to do was see her naked. Tight clothes, right. <laughs> that one uh, kind of makes you realize how small the Star Trek universe is. Uh, even in Voyager, where they're thrown you know, 30 million light years away, something like that, they're still only in the third quadrant of the galaxy. They did a really bad... How did they light jump? Um, so they went into warp It speed. was... No. It was a tunnel um, created by an alien race, I believe. And they were chasing the Maquis ship. Right. So they're in uncharted space, though. So how did they 
determine where they were going to warp? How did they not end up in the middle of a planet? They didn't exactly have charts. No, and when they came out, they were powerless, too. They were dead in space. Right, but I, I mean, the entire the entirety of the show is them getting back to Earth. Right. Right? And at multiple times, they would jump into warp or light speed. Warp it's the speed. magic of television. Yeah. You know, it'd be kind of sad if you flew your ship right into a sun. That kind of ends the series <laughs> right there. Uh, not my favorite captain. I don't even remember her name. Jane Janeway. Way. Yeah, there you go. She was not my favorite captain. Why? Because she's a woman uh, up in arms? No. Because she made stupid decisions? Yeah. yeah she made yeah. a lot of stupid decisions. And she seemed like... This is going to sound counterproductive, but uh, she let her emotions make her decisions too often. She would put the risk of one above the risk of her entire crew, which is the exact same thing that Kirk did repeatedly. Right. Like fighting a dinosaur. And, you know, why not? Well, Voyager was like, you know, let's uh, get to the plot, or let's get to the uh, episodes as fast as possible and ignore the plot because, you know, it's like at the end of the, the pilot, you know, we're going to be one ship, a star, uh, Starfleet ship. And it's like everyone gets along, except for maybe like one or two episodes where there was a little bit of friction between a Maquis and a Starfleet officer. And it's like, you know, the Maquis should have been at her, at her throat basically the entire time because of, you know, they weren't Starfleet at that point. But all of a sudden everyone was again and everyone was happy. Yeah. They had wasted potential, I think, in that first season because they wanted to do the uh, let's go out and explore plots as opposed to Starfleet Maquis plots. They could have done so much more with just the cabin fever on that show. Even the, you know, mutiny or, you know, why are we running around wearing Starfleet uniforms when we know there's no possible way for us to ever get back? That's fair. I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, you have to have some order and routine, or else yeah. you would get the cabin fever really right. bad. They did do a two-parter later on, I think in the fourth or fifth season, that was a little more realistic. Um, Year of Hell was the episodes, mm-hmm. and basically it was a year where everything went to hell. They were attacked, the ship got damaged, they couldn't repair the ship, everything was falling apart. That was in the final season, wasn't no. it? No. No? No, this was, this was like fourth or fifth season because um, Kess was still in the show for the two-parter, but when they had some allusions to it later on, Seven of Nine took her place. Oh. Now, of course, this was... It didn't last because they did a big reset at the end, almost like time travel. <laughs> but... Um, More on that in a minute. Yes. But, yeah, it was very neat to see the ship. You know, it's it wasn't the pristine thing flying through space. Things were falling apart. There were big gaping holes in it. And, you know, they Generally granted they did... something you want to avoid in a space-faring vessel. Right. They, you know, like I said, it was a year where everything just went to crap. You know, it was a nice departure from the way... Nice departure from the way everything else went with that show. But, again, you know, you got to hit the reset button because... You couldn't leave it like that. See, I think even though I think I look at the original Star Trek as a pilot because if you look at it, Star Trek: The Next Generation, they threw characters at 
DS9. They even had this next-generation crossover. And you could pretty much guarantee that whenever the Borg were going to make an appearance on Voyager, that ratings were going to skyrocket for that episode. Janeway, though, just didn't have the uh, conflict with the Borg that Picard had. Locutus? That was the Borg Queen? No, that's when they kidnapped Picard and Borgified him. Oh, okay. He became Locutus of the Borg. Matter D of the Borg Queen? I remember. She was, he was his... He was her plaything. Well, eventually, I guess later on in the movies, because when they did the episode where he was Locutus, they didn't have a Borg Queen. I think yeah. they brought that in for the movie. Anyway, so we'll be right back. We'll... With time travel, so we'll be then now. Already done, have done it, haven't done it yet. Whatever. Okay, be right back. (laughs) Okay, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed those fantastic advertisements. I'm Peter. I'm Frank. And I'm Corey. We haven't messed with him at all yet this week. I don't know, it just doesn't seem worth the effort. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy that uh, I'm so far now beneath that I'm not even worth being picked on. It's like, you know what? Why kick a dead dog? Not dead, just... Sleeping. Retarded? (laughs) Retarded dog? Um, Don't worry, we can go back in time and make fun of you some more because this week we are talking about time travel and paradoxes. Or a pair of socks. That's two ducks. Is a paradox. (laughs) So uh, there's this cartoon called Bravest Warriors. Do you want to go ahead and just assume neither of you have seen it? That's correct. (laughs) Um, That touches, uh, whenever they make a paradox, a pair of socks appears. And then it's a pair of socks, a pair of socks, which indicates that there is now a paradox. Clever. So, uh, yeah, Bravest Warriors is a free show on YouTube. It's hilarious, and there's an entire comic book series that backfeeds it. It's by the uh, guy who did Adventure Time on Cartoon Network. Oh, nice. Except it's much more adult and much more funny. Adventure Time is much more adult and much more funny than... Brave as Warriors is much more adult (laughs) and much more funny than Adventure Time. You would enjoy it very, very much. There's a lot of fantastic references in there. And butter lettuce. Now, what is butter lettuce? Uh, it's lettuce covered in butter. <laughs> and the great Wankershim. Wankershim was their bathroom elf who would keep them entertained while they're going poop. Who <laughs> gained a sentience of his own and enveloped the entire universe. And now everyone lives in the great Wankershim. Oh, kind of like Mifflin County. Yeah, Mifflin County is part of the great Wankershim. Huh. It makes sense now. It all mm-hmm. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, again, the topic is time travel and paradoxes. I'm sure we have lots of, to talk about, so what do you guys got? Well, what was it, uh, Albert Einstein? Uh, time is relative, which makes time travel possible. Uh, time doesn't travel at the same speed, depending on your speed, so if you can outrun time as the Flash... Flash. Flashpoint happens. Flashpoint happens, right. And then from Flashpoint, the New 52 happens. And Bendis takes over. Well, and, you know, strictly speaking, we're all time travelers. We're moving forward in time. It's just we're not really 
considering ourselves as time travelers because it's not a concept that most people would think of when they refer to time travelers. I mean, we're all moving forward to a point. Tequila um, makes me time travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Start drinking tequila and wake up in the future. That's right. You know, most people, the classic time travel is, you know, you're here one minute, there the next. But as you said, you know, time travel, you know, you take your tequila and, you know, 12 hours later you've traveled in time because you don't know what's happened. Um, <laughs> you have no idea how you got there. There, there are some classic stories like that. Um, Spider Robinson in his Callahan's uh, Saloon, Callahan's Bar stories, one of his is a time traveler. The guy was a political prisoner for 10 years and was released, and the world had changed. He basically traveled through time for those 10 years without any knowledge of what was going on. Rip Van Winkle sleeps for 100 years. Mm-hmm. Snow White, Seven Dwarves. <laughs> Wait, no, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty! <laughs> no, Snow White has Seven Dwarves. That was, that was yeah. correct. Yeah, but Snow White, did she, oh, I guess, yeah, she did, she did fall asleep at the end of the movie, didn't she? With the apple? No, that yeah. was Snow White. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty was asleep, and then the castle was covered in vines, and Maleficent Dragon happened, and Prince woke her up. Oh, yeah. Sorry, artist formerly known as Prince. <laughs> With a non-consensual kiss. So, what do you guys consider time travel? Do you consider time travel the passage through time, going forward or backward, or the manipulation of time, being able to slow time and control it. Well, time travel definitely has to have the travel aspect to it. So, I mean, going forward or backwards in time. As far as we know, only forward is possible. Right uh, now, yeah. Right, yeah. I'll travel let you know about backwards later. Yeah, travel away from an object at the speed of light and then back to it at the speed of light more time will have passed for that object than will have passed for you. So you travel forward in time, but there's really no scientific theory on how to go backwards except for folding time space. But how is that done? Uh, Well, in Legends of Tomorrow, you get a giant spaceship, and the giant spaceship allows you to travel through time like it's a river. Same with a TARDIS. See, I had Doctor Who written down myself, too. Because is Doctor Who a time traveler, or is he a dimension traveler? Both. Okay. He's a time lord. Yeah. I I guess I was overthinking it a little bit. (laughs) It's right there in his title. It is. (laughs) But, I mean, time travel is a classic trope of science fiction movies, television, and everything. I mean, you know... The Terminator series. You have... Doctor Who, like we mentioned. Back um, to the Future. Shows like Quantum Leap, where he's not in control of what he's doing, but... That's yeah. a good show. You know, it's basically, you know, you have your wormholes, you have your experimentation, you have your slingshots around the sun, uh, you have your Bajoran orbs, you know, whatever the plot device is to get you into time travel to somewhere else. I mean, every series of Star Trek pretty much had... A couple time travel episodes. The original series had Yesterday's Enterprise and City on the Edge of Forever. The animated series had one, a sequel to City on the Edge of Forever, Yesteryear. DS9 had their anniversary, the Star Trek anniversary, Trials and Tribulations, where they put themselves into the original series Trouble with Tribbles episode. (laughs) Tribbles! Which was, you know, extremely clever. Um, Like we said, uh, Voyager had Year of Hell. 
Um, Next Generation had yesterday's Enterprise, um, which they didn't time travel, call. but they, yeah. First Contact. First Contact. Um, the season finale, where it wasn't quite time travel, but uh, Picard was sensing three Picards from three different time periods. So his mind was sort of time traveling. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. Like the it, butterfly effect. Mm hmm. There's time travel where he's still within his own body, his own mind. It's just his mind being t taken to different points in time in his own body. Well, in the butterfly effect, he could remember the past timelines. Right. <laughs> Frank's doing a chicken dance for all of you who can't see what he's doing. I was doing. a butterfly. That wasn't a chicken. <laughs> the chicken is on the wall. Yes, Corey's cock. <laughs> Always on the wall. Um, so I played this game at one point. Final Fantasy Thirteen Part Two. So Final Fantasy Thirteen, sort of some background-ish information, because you guys I know aren't huge gamers. Um, Final Fantasy Thirteen, all the Final Fantasy games are their own world slash dimension. So Final Fantasy One has nothing to do with Final Fantasy Seven. Right. The the dimensions are not interlinked. They do some crossover things called Dissidia. Uh, uh, which they'll take the heroes from the different Final Fantasy games and pit them as Warriors of Light and Warriors of Darkness. So in Final Fantasy Thirteen Part Two, in Thirteen Part One, uh, Lightning, along with a band of her cohorts, travels through between two different worlds. The one is Cocoon, and I don't remember the other one, to save her sister because her sister had been taken from her. It's a long, convoluted storyline, more less interesting than you would actually be interested in. Um, the game was not highly revered for its level of Final Fantasy-ness. Um, it was very linear, very you're on a very straight and narrow path. Final Fantasy Thirteen Part Two, that sister that Lightning was trying to save in the first one, pairs up with another guy, and they start time traveling. And they have the timeline as you see it. And they're able to utilize the time god's powers so they can go back to this point and change the events that happened and create a second timeline. So they're able to make branching timelines. And they actually make the world end multiple times through these timelines because they mess things up. But... They're able to travel through the worlds and the paradoxes that they've made because they've rerouted the timelines the way they have. I just, that game always stuck with me. And that's, when I think of time travel, that's what I think of. Being able to look at it as basically a flow chart and determine under what parameters of what time do you want to go to. And this uh, comes into the uh, Avengers endgame right. when uh, time branches off. Correct. Yeah, that's probably been the biggest thing about time travel that most people have seen, you know, yeah. as opposed to television time travel and you know all that stuff. They really dumbed it down for all the kids. Are the kids still watching Bill and Ted's? There's a new one coming out. Yes, this summer. <laughs> Will Keanu carry it? Did you know they're making another Matrix? I heard. Yes, this is official. The Matrix Four is happening, and Keanu's going to be in it. 
basically what happened was Keanu said, I want to do another Matrix movie. And they're like, okay, we're doing another Matrix movie. Doesn't matter that Neo's dead because it's the Matrix. and Death doesn't stop anything in movies and television anymore. Or comic <clears throat> books. Yeah. I heard Superman came back. More than once. I think a couple heroes have been dead once or twice. I could be wrong. Yeah. There might have been some of them. Or all of them. So what do you guys have? For me, it's always been... Uh, I kind of like the idea time is ever flowing forward. There, there's, there is no going back because it doesn't exist anymore. Um, I've talked about it before, but uh, The Flash did a fantastic time travel reference in the, the CW show. They, uh, they did this whole timeline... When they did Flashpoint in the show, they did a timeline... He made the, the Flashpoint timeline, and it involved making... And I can never remember this guy's name. The God of Speed. Sal- Sa- yeah, Savitar? Yes, they made Savitar. And Savitar was a speed remnant of Barry that had to be made in order to kill Savitar so that speed remnant could travel back in time and then become Savitar again, creating a closed-loop paradox. But when I think time travel, it's always... I, I love paradoxes. And to get back to the point of Star Trek, like Frank had brought up, I believe Q did some time traveling himself when he would make an appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I think one of the episodes was he brought them to Alder Sherwood Forest to do a Robin Hood episode. <laughs> um, he was part of the the paradoxes in the finale, too, with yeah. Picard. But with with television, you know, science fiction, time travel is something they like to do. It's almost as much fun as evil twins. Uh, That's the one with the goatee. Yes, of course. That's how you can tell. <laughs> Although that's more dimensional than... Riker. Than time travel, but uh, Riker was his own evil twin. He already had a goatee. <laughs> they gave him a soul patch. Ah, <laughs> uh, derailed train of thought. Okay, <laughs> but the the aspects of it, you know, if you change time in the past, what happens to your characters in the future? I mean, that was the whole next generation with yesterday's Enterprise. The Enterprise C saved a Klingon outpost, which prevented a war. Um, in yesterday's Enterprise, they came through a wormhole instead. If something happened, that that's what happened. They didn't save the outpost, and the Klingons and the Federation were at war. So all of a sudden, in the blink of a, an eye, you've got an Enterprise with more militaristic uniforms. Uh, they all have sidearms, you know, things like that, until they find out what's going on. They're losing the war with the Klingons, until they realize they have to send the Enterprise C back to die, which is kind of a neat thing. Not that they die, but that they... That's how they resolve the paradox. They have to go through and actually do what they were supposed to do for history. Yeah. You know, that was interesting to see because it was just a different tone to the show at that point for the rest of the episode. And then you've got Back to the Future, which is a classic movie. Right. That features a time-traveling car and a Mr. Fusion. (laughs) And a time-traveling train at one point. Yes. Um, there was a paradox in that where Marty started to kill himself because his mom started digging him, which I believe Futurama did an even better job of. (laughs) Yes, Fry is his own grandfather. (laughs) Um, that was, 
they had a strict rule that they didn't want to do any time travel. They allowed forward time travel because that's basically how Fry got to the future. Again, you know, he was frozen. The next minute he wakes up a thousand years later. But they ended up going back to Roswell, New Mexico. Um, Zoidberg was an alien there, you know, that they were dissecting. Uh, Bender was the spaceship because he was blown apart into all sorts of pieces when they found him. And, yeah, Fry, Fry's grandfather got killed. And, uh, because Fry was trying to protect, protect him, him, so they yeah, put yeah. him in the uh, nuclear the house at the nuclear testing plant that they were blowing up. Yeah, <laughs> which which brings another paradox because Fry was sterile at that point. So <laughs> apparently, apparently the worms fixed him when he had the worm episode. So there's a couple of callbacks on that one to the slurm episode with the Z-ray and the uh, parasites from the egg salad sandwich. Um, but yeah, he eventually, yeah, he wasn't sure if it was his grandmother or not, but you know, it's yep. ended up being so, yeah. His grandfather drama. dying proved to him that she wasn't his grandmother. Right. Yeah. He, he made a and good course, reason for it. But... You idiot. You're your own grandfather. <laughs> so that Although genetically, was a son. but genetically his uh, Enos had red hair like Fry's and had the same hair like Fry's. Right. But I believe in the commentary they talk about that's a generic characteristic from the mother. So it, they played loose with the genetics, but they they needed the joke. So yeah, it worked. <laughs> yeah, it's it worked. timeless now. Yeah. Right. Um, they, they did leave. time travel a few times though. The the series ended on time travel. More or less. Yeah, it was. They were they would went forward, but they were able to go back. You know, they implied that at the end. And there was another episode with time being circular, so they went to the end of the universe and started up the Big Bang again. Yeah. Two or three times because he missed Hitler or something when he was firing at him. I forget what happened. So they overshot the where they were supposed to land. So anyhow, um yeah, we like we said before, you know, yeah, we're all traveling forward in time, so we were all time travelers, but we the big thing is is backwards time travel possible. Yeah, it's plausible. You just need to figure out how to manipulate it. Wormhole was connecting one point in space time to another point in space Farscape. time. Yeah. <clears throat> Great show. Yeah. Um, I've never seen it. You should. Yeah. First season sets up some things and it's a little slow, but it picks up about halfway through. Okay. Um, and then, of course, the fact that time travel probably could be existing and our memories and time is being rewritten every time someone goes back in time and changes something. The, that has a name for it. The uh, Mandaba effect or the Mandala effect. This is a real thing. I'm not crazy. I mean, I am crazy, but <laughs> these two things aren't mm-hmm. similar. They're not related. Um, because Luke, I am your father, was never said in Star Wars. Right. It's no, I am your father. Right. So where did Luke, I am your father, come from? And at no point do they say, beat me up, Scotty. And the the movie Shazam with... Uh, um, Zachary Levi? No, no, uh, there was a movie, Shazam, with uh, Sinbad, the comedian. Yes, I remember. That everybody remembers the movie. It never existed. Really? Never existed. Huh. Yeah. Everybody swears they've seen it. They swear they remember Sinbad as a genie in this movie. I didn't see it. 
Nobody did. Well, I'm definitely sure I didn't see that one. <laughs> but they had toys. There was Sinbad on the cloud. You think? But anyhow, with backwards time travel, like I said, our memories could be changing every second for all we know. There could have been a worse dictator, um, warmonger, worse than Hitler, who won World War II. Someone went back in time and killed him, and nature put Hitler in his place. You know, because events tend to... what that Well... The theory is events tend to spring back towards what's happened originally. So, I mean, that could have been changed. Um, who knows what's going on, but, you know, we're in the ripples of the after effect, so we just automatically play along with it. What movie did Sinbad play a genie? However, to claim and remember an earlier film called Shazam, starring comedian Sinbad as a genie instead. It featured Shaquille O'Neal. It was originally staged to have Sinbad, but it starred Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> okay. I could have sworn it was... Everybody, Sinbad. yeah, everybody does. Way to go, Shaq. <laughs> well, if you say it enough times, people will believe it. No, I actually like Case in his point movie. of politics nowadays. Huh. Yeah. His movie, Steel... Although there's no real Superman mythos connected to the movie, he is John Henry, the uh, steelworker who takes up Superman's mantle after right uh, wearing a suit of armor. Yeah, A.K.A. Iron Man. A great movie. No uh, Superman reference to it except for that Shaq has his Superman tattoo on his shoulder. Um, we were thinking. Uh, Time travel. Um, I'm going to edit this whole part out because I completely forgot what I was going to say. I'd probably get sued for that. Sorry. <laughs> and edit that out, too. It's longer than five seconds. Uh, if you've got something, go for it because I can't remember. Uh, time travel in comic books has always been huge in X-Men. Uh, even right now... Restart that sentence. Time travel has also been huge in comic books. Uh, take the X-Men. Uh, the current lineup of X-Men is actually them from the 1960s. Yeah. Didn't they go back home? Did they? Yeah, they did, right oh. when Bendis left. Okay, so... Yeah. But yeah, he brought them from the... But he brought them from the past so the future selves could see... Beast did this. So the future selves can see how they were before because they were getting all really dark and Cyclops was getting weird. Cyclops had killed Xavier yeah. at that point. So Cyclops is batshit crazy. I've been saying that for years. Well, they, they decided the way to make him interesting was to, yeah, screw them all up like that. Like ever and give them long hair. Yeah. 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 He's been on a steady downhill decline. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's been ever <laughs> since the X-Men movies because, you know, basically in the movies they just treated him as white bread. You know, he was just plain. He was there. You know, yeah, he had the Jean Grey thing going, but, you know, Wolverine became the breakout character of the movies. So, you know, he was just window dressing at that point. And, I mean, granted, he wasn't that bad in the comics, but he was your typical Xavier soldier. You know, he did what he was supposed to do. And then, like you said, to make him interesting, they basically made him batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. Days of Future Past. 
Oh, even the whole uh, Dark Phoenix. He is married to a clone of Jean Grey, mm -hmm. Madeline Pryor. Right. Has a child with her. Although, if they would have kept Jean alive, that probably would have been her. Right, but he knows it's not. Yeah, yeah. And is only with her because she's a clone of Jean. Yeah. Deadly Genesis. Did you guys ever read that? Yes, but it's been a while. So... The original X-Men, and I don't remember the original X-Men, if I'm being perfectly honest. I remember blue and gold, not red. Um, Xavier sent them to an island. The island basically ate them. Um, the X-Men that we know, Storm, Cyclops. They were I, the second team. They were the second team. Cyclops came back, didn't he, from that? Right, he, was, he had... Joined X Factor at that point. No, this That's, is when when uh, in uh, the late eighties when um, they came up with the all new, all different X Men. Yeah, giant size X Men. Giant size, right? Um, they were the team, but then later on, Deadly Genesis said they were actually the team Xavier put together because his original team, and I I don't remember the four or five who were there. There were five. They went to Krakoa, the island. Only one came back, Cyclops, and he put this team together as a rescue team because they were the ones who went to the island in the next on their first mission. But then that was before they, you know, this was years before Deadly Genesis came out and they did a backstory retcon of it. So one of those has uh, Scott and Alex's older brother. That was Falcon. a retcon, yeah, yeah. Gabriel Summers all of a sudden came into the picture. So Deadly Genesis was a time travel itself. Because that original crew ends up going into the future and start start picking off the X Men that replaced them, ending with Cyclops, and then Cyclops teams up with somebody and ends up killing them all, and things happen. Murders made. They have the uh, Age of Apocalypse, which is future. I have all of the Age of Apocalypse, and did you know they revisited it in the two thousands? I did not. Yes. And we go back to Cable and Strife. No, this is... We're talking Wolverine with one hand and all this. They revisited the entire universe and did a whole other subplot oh, wow. after Apocalypse was killed. So, basically, when the Age of Apocalypse had ended, they basically retconned the whole thing and said that the time was made right and everything went back to normal. In this series, it says that timeline continued and is parallel to the normal timeline that we know of. So, I have to dig that out. I actually found that comic the other day. Because Age of Apocalypse is something that I've consumed multiple times. There was the uh, Scott and Jean miniseries part of the Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. Where they're pulled into the future as Red and Slim. Is that correct? Yes. And they help raise Nathan. Cable. Cable. After they had given Nathan to their alternate reality, now Phoenix Force-wielding daughter, Rachel. Turns out she is Mother Askini. I'm so glad that timelines always make sense in comics. <laughs> They're so easy to follow. Mm -hmm. They're soap operas. Well, basically, They're... yeah. Like through college, I've always been a big Spider-Man fan, but through college to, you know, be cool in college, if comic books are cool ever, 
you read X-Men, and this was during a lot of the Age of Apocalypse, the Fatal Attractions, um, the Extinction Event, and all of this happening with X-Men especially, they their timelines are more bowl of spaghetti than a line. So, I mean, comics have thoroughly covered time travel. I mean, you've got literal time travelers that go forward and backward and across dimensions like we have with the X-Men. Legends of Tomorrow, you can actively go back and forth. In Legends of Tomorrow, they went back to the Revolutionary War and turned uh, George Washington into a zombie. <laughs> Not a bad idea. That was a two-parter. I guess he got better. Yeah, he got better. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's why we live in the world that we live in now. Because the Legends of Tomorrow protected us. Or uh, did they? <laughs> <laughs> they killed off George Lucas in that show. Oh, I want to see how this didn't result in lawsuits. So this was it had to have been right around the time that Disney was purchasing Marvel. And they went back in time and met George Lucas. No, George Lucas was a stagehand on a movie set. And they had a firefight outside George the movie set. And George Lucas was scared. So he decided to not do movies any, ever. And threw away his Star Wars scripts. And him throwing away his Star Wars scripts resulted in two of the members becoming mentally deficient and losing their superpowers. <laughs> this makes sense. Uh, the Atom, I'm sure. The Atom was one of them. Um, Steel was the other. Okay. And uh, they... I don't remember how they fixed it. They went back and... <laughs> they went back and... They went back, convinced them to do it, and at the end of the episode, when they were deciding, um, when they were deciding that they needed to fix everything, and they were looking at all of George Lucas's movies, they let a girl who had never, who was from the past, she was from uh, the Star Girl timeline back in the '40s, Justice Society, right. They let her decide what movie they were going to watch. She wanted to watch Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Which was is a Marvel license right. in a DC show. And they both screamed at her, no! Because <laughs> Steele was a huge fan of Indiana Jones. And Adam is a huge Star Wars fan. Right, and now Star Wars being Disney property. Well, so is Indiana Jones, because they're doing Indiana Jones 5. It's going to be Indy's last ride. Oh. I thought you the, didn't know the about Crystal this? Skull was his last one. Nope. Never say never again. Yeah. They a truck. They Yeah. They backed up a truckload full of money. <laughs> um, yeah, they're... Uh, Jesus Christ, you guys are derailing me. They're handing off the reins to somebody else. And it's going to be Harrison Ford's last Indiana Jones movie. They're Probably J Lo or someone. Got to keep it relevant. We're we getting uh, <laughs> the Shia Le- Shia LaBeouf character back. I don't think Shia LaBeouf has LaBeouf. has been casted. I have not seen that. No, it's going to be a female Indiana Jones. Got to do that. It's God plausible. Forbid. I mean, it is Disney. Yeah. Uh huh. Disney and the female agenda. Ah. Uh, is ah the girl from Frozen? Is she a mutant? 
She's a ripoff of Iceman, if there ever was one. Maybe a little bit of Storm, too. I think she's a mutant. I think she's in the X-Men universe. You know what? <laughs> I've never seen Frozen. Or Frozen 2. I've endured the music, but I've never seen either one. So, we should uh, travel back and... No, her powers are mystic, though, right? Yes. She so can build not a, an X-Man. She can build an ice castle in seconds. Yeah, but that's... In the lake you, of can, you can just retcon it, because all of a sudden Kitty Pride's not a mutant anymore. And How never was. A, what? How is this possible? Because in the new things with the X-Men that started a few months ago, where they're all living on Krakoa Island, and they die and get resurrected, only right. mutants can pass through the portal, and she can't pass through. So they're retconning her as not a mutant, or someone's blocking her mutant, the ability to sense her as Why a mutant. Why were Sentinels chasing her? Because back then she was a mutant. Now there's a mystery. There is. But, <laughs> but that's okay, because they killed her off. Again. Again. Or they're going to in the next month or two. But... That's probably going to launch the whole thing of, you know, why she wasn't going to be able to be resurrected by the island and whatnot. This is, what, the third time Kitty Pryde's died? Well, I don't know, because she didn't die. She just got sent off in a rocket. Wasn't that what Whedon did to her? It was that... She... she was she, Wasn't she killed in Excalibur? That I don't know. That I don't... I could be wrong. Back when she had Lockheed. Yeah. I think they killed off Lockheed, too. They did kill off Lockheed. Lockheed's perma-dead. He hasn't been back since Excalibur ended. Oh, okay. And well, I think he wasn't a mutant. No. no he was no. blagging. <laughs> <laughs> and then Douglock? I think right. Douglock's dead, isn't he? Technically, he was... He was already dead. Already dead. As <laughs> <laughs> Warlock was just walking around with Doug's dead body. <laughs> As we all do. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's X-Men's edition. <laughs> Poor dead Doug. One of the best comic book stories ever. Everybody's mourning him and Warlock's just walking around with his dead body. Do you guys ever think it's funny how we end up starting a conversation talking about timelines and paradoxes and it devolves into a conversation about X-Men and dragons and dead bodies? <laughs> well, if the X-Men would be time-traveling so much... They wouldn't come up so much in discussions about time travel. Ah, it's okay. X-Men are better than time travel. Do you guys have anything else you want to throw out there before we wrap up? If there is time travel, that uh, World Almanac from 30 years in the future would be nice. If, I, if, I, if I'm listening to this in the future and I can time travel, bring it back to me, please. Well, you don't have to be listening because you know you've already said it. You just have to remember you said it, that you wanted oh, it. Did we create a time paradox now? I don't know. If Corey from the future is listening, Corey from the present day, our time is very lonely and <laughs> needs some company. <laughs> One thing I've always wondered, though, okay, if time travel was possible and I came back to the future or back to the past with winning lottery numbers, when would I do it? Would I do it when I was younger and not know all the people I know now? Would I do it now but still have to endure 40 years of working and what's gone before just so I have these people that I know now? How would this affect my timeline? So, 
Maybe when, for your 18th birthday? This is a little depressing, but when I was younger, you guys know, or you don't know, my mom was murdered when I was three years old. So, you know, going through those awkward teenagers, I always wondered if I could control time, would I go back in time and help or prevent her, or do something, anything I could do? Create Peter Point. <clears throat> yeah. So... If I had done that, the day my mom died, she was also accepted for a full scholarship to MIT because she was an electrical engineer. So my life would have gone from being raised by my grandparents to going to Boston. I would have been raised by a single mother who probably would have spoiled me rotten, and I'd probably be some dude bro driving around in a Mustang that's driving towards a crowd of people um, with pants around my kneecaps i'd probably be as thin as a rail instead of the 794.6 pounds that i am right now and i'd probably be an alcoholic that smokes a lot of pot and eats clam chowder well i still eat clam chowder clam chowder is delicious (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's that's the point where would you go and affect yourself in time if you could I, i think that you would do it at your best possible point when you have completely surrounded yourself with people that that money would make you and their lives better because I think everybody sitting at this table would put wouldn't put themselves above their friends I could be wrong Frank could just raise both middle fingers and say fuck y'all I'm going on a cruise (laughs) (laughs) fuck you all I'm going on a cruise (laughs) now was that something predestined or was I meant to say that, even if Peter didn't tell me to say it? Okay, I have one last thing. If you go back in time, if Corey from the future comes back in time and has sex with Corey now, is that gay sex or is that masturbation? Masturbation. <laughs> yeah. Same with twins. <laughs> I really hadn't given that any thought. I hope that helps you sleep at night. <laughs> or oh, I'm going to have nightmares. Think about what Jamie Madrix does with himself. <laughs> okay, so this is devolving too much. Everyone have a fantastic week. We will answer these questions next week. Don't forget to check us no, out. I'm going to try Discord. to forget these questions as much as possible. <laughs> have a good one, guys. Bye. Because I'm going to have to room with him in St. Louis. <laughs> Like, I have to save this quick before the laptop dies. <laughs> if Jamie Madrix splits himself off and then has a circle jerk and they all ejaculate at the same time, is that multiple orgasms? <laughs>